sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Hello again and welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast. We've got a lot to talk about today, um, so we will get right to it. This is sports editor Dan Diadonna along with... Assistant sports editor Chris Zatarazny. We're here for another week of great sports talk. We had a crazy week of sports uh, last week. We'll get to... All of the football, high school, whatever, Lions, all kinds of things to talk about here. But we want to talk a couple things, about a couple non-football items before we forget, really, when we're talking about all this football before we uh, move on. And the first, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the whole U.S. Open issue with Serena Williams. This is, has been one of the craziest weekends of tennis i've ever seen um because of this um for those of you who don't know don't remember or need a little bit of a refresher um serena got into um a heated argument with an umpire during the final um and there was a little bit of controversy surrounding what happened uh she was docked a point for coaching from the box because you're not allowed to the coaches are not allowed to coach during the match and her coach made some hand gestures that were clearly coaching um she got docked a point for that she slammed her racket later which gives which is a double code of conduct now because that's two strikes and that gets you a point docked and then she was called for verbal abuse for calling the umpire a thief for stealing a point from her earlier in the match and that got her a game uh a game forfeit uh which made the second uh, she had lost the second set to naomi osaka and in the, it was four three in the second set so then all of a sudden she was down five three and osaka was serving for the match and, and she quickly won um and there were all kinds of things that came into play here um serena was uh clearly a little bit out of control uh, but also had a lot of fair points she um you know claimed that a lot of this has been sexist behavior against her for years because a lot of male tennis players will yell far worse things at umpires and not get even, maybe get a warning, but not even. I've never seen anyone get docked a whole game in a tennis match in my life, especially not in the second set of the U.S. Open final. Um, by the rules, if if he really felt that was verbal abuse, he followed, the umpire followed the rules because it was a three-strike issue with the coaching and the racket slam and then the um and then the verbal abuse but man it just put a damper on what was a great final naomi osaka won for the first time ever she was in tears it looked and the in the trophy presentation it looked like she was the one that lost uh that's how bad it was the crowd booed her for winning they booed the usta officials they booed everybody and serena actually had to tell them to stop booing because you know, Osaka won the match. She was winning the whole time. It's kind of um, a mess. It was I mean. just a mess. It made me feel really, really sad about just about the whole situation. And I, I actually have had some people wonder why I wrote a column about the men's final and not the women's final. And one of the main reasons is that I had to take some time to process this whole thing because there's been columns out there nationally, uh, you know, ripping the umpire for what he's done there's been columns nationally ripping serena for losing her cool and you know her kind of like 
uh, reputation of you know getting a little prima donna ish and whiny, you know, or whatever. So, but my conclusion is that they're both wrong. <laughs> There's no way somebody should be docked a game for something like that in the final. But yes, Serena completely overreacted and was not just that she overreacted, but it continued and she lost control. So it's really hard for me to say, but the defining thing of this for me is two defining things. One, it was incredibly sad to see somebody who won look like they lost in a trophy presentation because it completely tainted the entire thing. And the other is Serena is completely right. I have heard 10, 12, 15, whatever, different male players yell worse stuff at the refs and not get even a warning about it. The ref just late looks the other way and lets them have their tie right and that's it a tie rate and yeah. that's it um and then there's the whole coaching issue i mean that's the only sport where you can't coach during a match which is ridiculous and if anybody should be penalized for that it's the coach for coaching she's just down there playing exactly um and like he he admitted to it and everybody every coach has basically admitted to it they coach all the time whether it's with eye an eye look or whatever like that it's just a weird weird Situation. Um, you really hope just, you really hope that Osaka isn't affected by this in the future too. I mean, this right. is what a, if it's her only one? Uh, this is really unfortunate for her. I mean, she outplayed Serena. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it was obvious, it's, and it wasn't like Serena was you know saying that that she was being unfairly played or whatever. It was she felt she was docked uh, a point because of her her character. She was attacked, her character was attacked. Right. But Osaka won that match. Almost fair and square for through that oh, through that first set. I don't know how she kept set. it cool because that tirade went on quite a while. Yeah, but at the same time, again, Serena's right, and maybe this will come up, bring some reform to tennis where coaching is allowed or there's a different way of governing it. But the, it's all came in a code of conduct, and her being coached, and then her slamming a racket, mad at herself, and then her yelling at the umpire. Those were three rules docked in the same code of conduct. Those three things are so different from each other yep. that it just, you know, it's just kind of a mess. So it's almost like she got a strike of every kind of different behavior, but not all together. Yeah. And that's it's just it's just strange. So hopefully there'll be some rule change to it. And hopefully, I mean, if if referees want to come down more on some of the guys and penalize them more for verbal things and whatever. Then they should, but it should be even throughout, yeah. and that's really, really, really the sad thing. I thought something was really telling about her actions after the match. I mean, sometimes you're in the moment; it gets the best of you, and it's it's understandable. And the way she was able to kind of stop the crowd from booing and, and console Osaka, and then in a press conference after, she talked about how you know it didn't work out for her this time, but hopefully this blazes a trail for somebody else where they won't have to deal with what she dealt with. And I thought that was a huge moment for. For her and for all uh, tennis players, I think just right. kind of and for women's sports exactly. I mean, think about any any outspoken, the most outspoken women athletes are Serena, Hope Solo, uh, and and people like that, and they are not uh, uniformly admired um, like some male outspoken athletes are, and everything like that. They get they kind of get an unfair. Uh, you know, double standard yeah, there. Yeah. So I thought it was a great press conference for her to kind of just not own up to it, but just, Hey, I'm, I'm, I've gone through this. I really hope what I've gone through teaches 
someone else that they don't have to go through this and that's that's really a defining moment for for me to look at her and say wow well, you know great response right after a not so good initial response yes. but she yeah. yeah and and that's and that the thing too about this one is everything that went down was caught on audio so there was nothing that was missed the the and everyone watching on TV, everyone watching the replays, whatever, know exactly what happened. Yep, and that's gonna be good too because then it's all already all laid out. There's no well, we don't know what. Yes, we do know uh, yep. what happened. So, all right, and let's let's quick hit some of the other things that happened this week. Um, we had Verlander come back and beat the Tigers after getting kind of his. I don't know if his butt kicked is the right word, but getting hit around by the Tigers yeah. the last time they faced four home runs in Houston. <laughs> yeah, um, he was back last night, did very well across the street. It did not go so well for the Lions. <laughs> um, I mean, what what did you see, Chris, from that game? Well, I kind of was able to flip back and forth between both Tigers and Lions. Uh, Justin Verlander didn't look like himself in the first couple of innings, and then all of a sudden he looked like himself again, as he usually does. Game, yeah. uh, I think he had 10, 10 strikeouts in seven innings. He allowed two runs on six hits and one walk. That's vintage JV. Yeah. And the response that the fans gave him and the team, the city that, that they gave him was phenomenal. And He 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 stopped to watch the replay of his highlights when the Tigers thanked him during his pregame warm-up and routine, which he's a very routine guy. He's going to do everything in the same way, and he stopped his routine walking from the bullpen to the dugout to watch that. And he, uh, he got teary-eyed. I mean, that's, that's so awesome to see because he, it shows he's a human being. He appreciates everything the fans gave him here and what he wanted to do here in Detroit. Um, I think that that was a really cool moment, and they gave him a standing ovation a number of times last night. Um, and then he went on and did what he usually does, and that was win a game. But for the first time, it was against the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, so now he, I think he's beaten all 30 teams in the MLB, right. which is uh, pretty darn cool for him. Right. And he'll be a future Hall of Famer wearing that Tigers cap, uh, you know, down the road. Yeah, and hopefully this win gets him, you know, a little back into that uh, Cy Young race a little bit. It's uh, kind of muddied with a lot of a lot of great pitchers doing a lot of similar things: Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, and Verlander, um, and uh, Severino. I mean, there's a lot of. It'll be interesting, yeah. but he needs some more performances like this, and that was kind of a good good step there. Yeah. So uh, then we, I mean, not much to report with Michigan, Michigan State. They um, Michigan State, I didn't really watch actually. I yeah. was in bed that night and uh, didn't know the you know, final result until uh, the morning. And it just sounds like they they just got beat at the end there. They they couldn't handle the the uh, the heat down in Arizona State. Well, we'll yeah. see what happens. They have a bye week this week. Yeah, I mean they 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 just got outplayed and, and got outplayed at the end. I mean that's kind of the way it goes um and then you got uh i mean michigan took care of western as expected yeah so it's just a weird week for them um i after the first drive for michigan i was pretty uh i i thought that this game was going to go bad for them after the first try they lo- it looked just off and then they just went on a roll and a tear and it was all of a sudden vintage michigan football again but it's against a mac team a western michigan team under a second year head coach and they're trying to figure some things out over there in Kalamazoo. Um, for Michigan, this is just another couple of games against SMU coming up this week. You know, they are trying to find who they are, um, but their odds improved oddly enough. Um, I don't think that game should mean a whole lot uh, to their final record. I mean, it's it's Western Michigan; they won by forty points. Um, right. The real test comes in Big Ten season, and that's that's pretty much it for me. And 
we'll see what they're, what they're really made of then. Right. And the same thing for Michigan State. I mean, Arizona State is a team on the rise with um, Herm Edwards as the coach now. Uh, it's it's a it's a it was a big win for the Pac-12, and that that'll be interesting to see how big of a game that ends up by the end of the year as far as bowl standings and whatever else because Arizona State if they keep playing like that could very well be ranked real oh, yeah. high by yep. the end of the year so um, and then the Lions just looked awful outside of the first play of the game where they picked off uh, Sam Darnold for a, a pick six and then the first drive of the uh, second half for them was great and everything in between was well vintage Lions football we'll say right it was kind of same old lines. Everything was was just horrific, and and that falls on new head coach Matt Patricia, and and the players. I mean, that's just that was awful. I mean, you got to feel bad for all the people that were at Ford Field and kind of hoping a, a new coach would bring kind of a new energy to the team, and it and the energy was flat outside of those two plays. Uh, who thought who thought Lions Jets was a good first week Monday night game? Well, you got two uh, two head coaches, and but still, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, it's 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 a little odd for a pick. It's I would not have, like a Colts Patriots matchup or something like that. Not that they had that this week, but you know, it just seemed interesting. I would have put you know uh, Bears Packers uh, absolutely. On night. It was Sunday night football, which still was great. Right, but that was an easy mem- uh, Monday night pick. I just yeah, it was weird. The Jets could be good. Did Sam Sam Darnold look great against the Lions? But yeah. then anyone typically looks great against the Lions. Right. I, I I was telling some of my friends last night. You know, there were a lot, there were a few experts out there who predicted the Lions would do well this year. Although we do have Kirk Cousins and with the Vikings and the Packers are really good again, and, and he the, looked good, and the and the Bears have Khalil Mack on defense, so this is a pretty good NFC North now, and absolutely, and there are a few folks picking the Lions to kind of be up there in the race for one or two, and I just I just kind of thought I don't that's see it. that's not reality, right? I don't um, see it, especially on a first year coach. Um, a, a real first-year coach. He's never had a head coaching job, right? You know, you got to give it some time for him to kind of get into his groove and figure out who he is as a head coach and how the Lions can mesh under that. I mean, I hate, I don't want to sound optimistic because the Lions are never optimistic. It's always a losing season for them, but it's going to be at least a couple years. Even if they're nine and seven, it's still okay. Yeah, that's the best you got. It's you still. Know? I think. I think that's a couple years away. They just. They need some help on the offensive line. They need some help yeah. in the run game. Everywhere they need help, and it's just not there. And it won't be there for a couple of years. So right. now, Kirk Cousins looked real good. He looked fantastic in his first and game. That is what they needed, and he's got weapons. They got great receivers. They have, uh, you know, a team that embraces his style of quarterbacking, and he's got a really good team around him. This could be a really special year for the Vikings. The Vikings. This could be. This could be their year. I mean, not to sound overly confident about Kirk Cousins even though he's from here and how good the, that team is but if you watch that game and that was the first game in our area on Fox on Sunday and it looked pretty good a debut couldn't have gone much better outside of a few more uh, touchdowns he, he looked good and the Vikings could be a dangerous team in the NFC uh, by the end of the season for sure and it was Richard uh, Richard Sherman afterwards said that he just he did what we expected. He's consistent. He wins. He plays well in the big moments. And, uh, you know, when you get that kind of admiration from that kind of opposition, that's uh, it's a pretty good sign that yeah. you're doing some things right. So, um, also, I mean, the Cubs are still in the middle of the pennant race. We'll see how that goes. The Whitecaps got eliminated from the postseason, although they went around further than I expected. Way further than anyone expected, I think. So, those best of threes, you never know. Yeah. I mean, their starting pitching has been so good. That you never know what's going to happen in those best of threes, but they are out now. One 
one round before the finals. Um, and then uh, Hope Volleyball just wanted to mention that uh, Katie Reitberg from West Ottawa set the four four set kills tied the four set kills record for a match. She had twenty eight uh, against uh, Albion earlier on Saturday. Impressive. And yeah, I mean the other two are Jenna Grassmeyer and J.C. Fiedler, who were first team All Americans, um, and you know led their teams to the Final Four. So it's uh, pretty pretty exclusive company that she's in there, and she's kind of the, established herself as the go to hitter um, for them, which is uh, exciting to see. And they're ranked number seventeen, and we'll see how they're doing. All right. Wow, that took a little bit longer than I expected before we got to high school football. But, man, was there a lot of stuff going on yeah. this week. There's plenty of stuff we didn't even really get into. Well, even. I just got to touch on the fact that the Browns didn't lose. They actually they tied the game, lose. which is crazy. They didn't lose. <laughs> and that's, and lose. this is their best start They're since not, 2004. Right. <laughs> that's <laughs> they tied that's the best start since 2004. kind of sad. But just had to mention that because it was, it's a historic moment for the Browns franchise. Yeah. I mean, Back they, to high school they football. They should have won. My goodness, all those missed field goals. <laughs> yeah. There. So, uh, anyway. Okay. So, now we're going to high school football we are in week four if you can believe it i can't pretty incredible it's um, flying by already so let me run them run down the matchups first and then we'll kind of give our picks and recap a little bit about what happened um we've got east kentwood at west ottawa unity christian at holland byron center at holland christian zealand east at hamilton lowell at zealand west saugatuck at schoolcraft water Valite at fenville so I'm going to start this time. Yeah, feel free. I mean, first I it was kind of, a, kind of an inter- interesting first, week last well, week, though. We're going to go back and forth here a little bit. But West Ottawa is coming off. They're 3-0. and They're coming off their first win at Rockford since... At least 94. Yeah, since... Could be later than since that. Since BC 11. I don't know yeah. what... You know what I mean? <laughs> long time, long time. It seems like, you know, that's a place where nobody... And it's not just them. No one really plays well there. It's It's, it's one of the few high school venues that has a kind of mystique and aura to it um but they did all of the things that usually causes them to lose at rockford turnovers at the wrong time things going wrong and they still pulled out a comeback victory at rockford this was you know they had so many signature wins last year this one may be even bigger because it was at Rockford, and to be able to prove that you can win at the hardest place to win in West Michigan is is huge for them. Um, so I picked that one wrong. I'm actually surprised that you picked it right, Chris. Not that you wouldn't have the foresight, but just the fact that they never win there. Um, so I will. I think I'm going to be covering them this week, so they can rub it right in my face that I had that wrong. Um, and it was so impressive. So they're playing. Uh, they're hosting East Kentwood this weekend, and um, after winning at Rockford, how do you pick against them? I can't. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, they uh, they won in a comeback as well. I mean, it was quite a impressive comeback. Yeah, but it, nonetheless, still a comeback yeah. and in a hard hard place. They were down twenty one ten at halftime, and there's and scored twenty two unanswered to win the game. That's 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 crazy. I mean, that's that's hard to do for, against any team, let alone right. Rockford at Rockford. Right? Um, yeah, that, it's it's definitely uh, West Ottawa. This is this is a signature win, and I think they continue that at home against East Kentwood. While East Kentwood is a great team, West Ottawa has proven themselves through three weeks that they are a better team. Right, and they're back at home now too, which is it gives them a little boost. All right, another intriguing matchup here. Every game Holland plays is now becoming intriguing. Yep. Um, Unity Christian at Holland. Holland's coming off a 
Uh, disappointing and big loss to Zeeland West. They're now 2-1. and one. Um, We're getting to the point now where you kind of figure that Holland will lose to Zeeland East later in the year. And in order to make the, the playoffs, they're going to have to beat either a good Unity Christian team or and or a uh, rival Holland Christian team. Um, they're playing in Unity this week um, at home. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Holland needs this game. Uh, after losing to Zealand West last week by 40 points, which was a lot more than I expected, I think we both kind of thought that Holland would lose, um, especially being at Zealand Stadium against the mm-hmm. wing tee. It's, it's, that's a difficult offense to defend against, and it showed, obviously, in the score that they just really couldn't couldn't do much on defense this was this one they need really badly um setting up you know that showdown with hamilton next week and zealand east could be a loss for for holland um they need this one and i, I think they pull it out but it's gonna be a close one uh unity christian is two uh three and oh sorry um they they beat a pretty good holland christian team last week um although without will van weeren once again um that offense looks pretty good for for unity christian they put up 38 38 and 53 so holland's defense is gonna have to come big this week but i think they get it done all right. Allow me to disagree. All right. I'm, this is my challenge pick to Holland here. Um, Unity Christian also runs the wing tee. The wing tee was not Holland's friend last week. Now, Unity Christian does not quite run it as well as Zeeland West does. But that's still a sliding scale. They right. still run it very well, obviously. They're 3-0. and um, I think that even with another week with the wing tee, I think it's posing enough trouble that um, that it's going to be the difference. I mean, even if it's a, it's going to be much closer than their game against Zealand West. It's at home. Holland has great offensive weapons. That was part of their biggest problem is once the defense wasn't able to stop the wing tee last week, the offense you know started very strong and then sputtered. I mean, if they they if their offense can get rolling, they can at least you know be in it in a shootout style, but. Uh, their defense has got to learn from what happened last week, and they got to play better. But I still, um, I still think Unity Christian wins this game. Yeah, I think it'll be close. I just think Holland pulls it out late. That's good. We shouldn't agree on everything. So, <laughs> uh, Byron Center at Holland Christian. Holland Christian's two and one, coming off the loss to Unity Christian. Um, yeah. Byron well, Center just beat Hamilton last week. Two point win for Byron Center last week. I mean, that's that's a game that Hamilton probably should have won, um, and and Byron Center should be zero and three at this point. Holland Christian, despite losing last week, I still think is a, a really good team. Again, without Will Van Weer, and they're still pretty good. And I, I just think that Holland Christian's offense is too much for Byron Center, um, and and they're rebuilding. So I'm taking Holland Christian. Um, in my shortest answer of the day, agreed. All right. Uh, I, same thing. I I think they win that game pretty easily. All right, Zealand East at Hamilton. Now Hamilton is one and two, but have lost two games that they were nearly in the driver's seat to win. Yes. So for the difference between one and two and three and zero oh is it's very a, close. What was it? A safety last week. They lost yep. by two, and then one touchdown the week before after uh, turnover. Yeah. And then they play Zealanese, who's two and one, coming off uh, you know tough loss at uh, Catholic Central in a great game. All of that factored in, I still think there's really not much of a chance Hamilton beats Zealanese. I would agree. Uh, in those games that you mentioned for Hamilton, they those were close games because they were on the same level as Hamilton in terms of athletic ability and talent. 
Zealand East is by far and away much more capable (laughs) and athletically built. Um, The Chicks, they probably should have won that game last week at Catholic Central uh, outside of a 94-yard kickoff return for a touchdown after their go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter. That was the game. They had a touchdown called back too, right? Yeah, touchdown called back because of a hold. So I think think Zealand East is one of the better teams in the OK Green. Maybe not the best now. I'm, I'm... I'm just questioning because Maybe they East West they made they great, made some it? mistakes against East Grand Rapids and again against Catholic Central, where West did make mistakes against Christian, but they haven't been known to make those mistakes late in the season. We don't know if East is going to do the same thing, um, but yeah, I'm picking East over Hamilton. And I'm just this is too much for them for sure. All right, we got Lowell at Zealand West, another really interesting matchup. Our non-conference games have been out of sight this year, haven't they? Really good. Really Lowell good. Lowell is a perennial games. power. Zealand West is a perennial power. They're both not quite where they've been, but they're both really good still. Um, what do you think? I'm taking Zealand West and a pretty easy uh, pick for me, actually. Zealand, uh, Lowell is 0-3 right now, surprisingly, which you wouldn't expect through Who are they? the first three games of the season. They've lost to uh, South Bend, Indiana Adams, which uh, we know 33-6. They lost to Rockford. Thirty-six nothing, and then they lost to Greenville forty-one thirty-five. Okay. Those, I don't know anything about the Indiana team, but Greenville and Rockford are pretty good. Yes, they are very so. good, um, and we know the Ducks are very good as well. And losing in a close game to Greenville is understandable, but losing in a shutout to Rockford, I think, is kind of the the seals deal for me in terms of picking the West over over uh, the Red Arrows here. They made the playoffs every year since nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, sorry, ninety-six. Great program over there but a new head coach he's been in the, with the program for a while but it's just he hasn't found his groove yet as a head coach it, it appears through the first three games so i think the ducks take this game and then they might not even make the playoffs if there's four losses in a row to start the year That's i right. agree with you i think the ducks win this one um this is a very dangerous game for them though because they could go in going oh they're zero and three when there were three quality opponents and this this is one of those dangerous kind of matchups especially after how they rolled over Holland last week. Holland's a good team and, you know, a should-make-the-playoffs kind of team. Right. Um, and they won. It's it's hard. you coming off that kind of a high over just crushing a really good team and then playing a team that's 0-3. That's dangerous mentally. Yeah. Um, but I still think Zealand West gets that done because I don't think Shilato ever lets – mental get too much into yeah. his kids would agree um, which is i don't know how he does that i would love to have, bottle that secret up i'm sure every coach <laughs> around would also um but yeah that's uh i think zealand west wins this one also yep all right we got Sagatuck at schoolcraft um Sagatuck's looking really good three and oh i mean they had a huge one over now brandywine last week 48 12 dominant but they have a two and one schoolcraft team their their first loss came last week 41 28 to, to Berrien springs um, last year, this was a win for Schoolcraft. They beat Sagatuck by three points last year, and I think Sagatuck knows that this was one of their wins that they probably could have had or should have had um, without some mistakes. They, they win that game, um, and they win maybe the sack uh, Lakeshore uh, because of it. Are they uh, different divisions? Maybe um, they could be different divisions. I think they're different divisions. Yeah. Sack, uh, regardless, that's still a game that they know they should have had last year, and I think Sagatuck is is just too good uh, this year so far. And, and that loss last week for. Uh, for Schoolcraft, might uh, might give them some incentive to to play a little bit more, but I think Sagatuck's just a little bit too too much better. Yeah, the one thing that for this one is the the road game is the only thing that factors in to me, but I still think Sagatuck gets it done. Yeah, um, they haven't given me a reason to pick against them yet, so 
Um, all right, moving on to our last game, Waterville at Fenville. This could be really, really good. I'm intrigued uh, now. Now, Fenville's coming off a loss to Delton Kellogg, who was another strong sack team. Um, the, the sack is full of strong and, and weak teams. Um, Waterville is a strong team, and Saugatuck beat them uh, pretty good a couple weeks ago. Uh, Fenville barely lost to Delton Kellogg. And... No, that's not true. They um, didn't barely lose. They lost twenty eight seven last week. They to, had both to mistakes. They had mistakes. Yeah. They just didn't it just seemed out of sorts for them. Uh th- to me this is this game against Waterfleet is the game now for Fenville. Yeah. They're they should beat everybody else until the Sagartuck matchup. But having back to back tough opponents yeah. is gonna be key for them. What do you think against uh, Waterfleet? You know, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, this one is a questionable pick for me after after last week's loss, uh, Fenville. I'm not really sure what to make now because they probably should have had that game. But at the same time, Delton's a really good team, um, and Waterfleet's a really good team, and they uh, lost to a really good Sagatuck team by uh, five points. So I think I'm going to take Waterfleet in this matchup only because Waterfleet has proven they can play with a team like Sagatuck, and we know how good Sagatuck is. Uh, Fenville, while played two great games played a not so great third game and this this is the real test for them is their season going to go south after this one or is it going to go north and i think i think water kind of puts a dent into their their playoff plans a little bit and uh wins this game all right i uh, allow me to disagree all right uh, i think that that is all true that that could come into play but being at home and kind of regrouping and learning from that first loss you can lo- you can learn so much more from a loss than you can from a win, even a close win like they had in in week two. Um, I think that they, you know, figure some things out and defensively, and you know they kind of buckle down and win this game. I think that this is uh, a huge game for them, just like it is for Holland, like we talked about earlier. I think this uh, this could be uh, this could be the turning point of their season, really, because um, I mean, obviously, no one expected. Fenville to go undefeated, right? Um, and no one. I mean, obviously they have a loss now, but I. I mean they they've got too many on there, um, too many good games on there. So I think the ability to prove that they can bounce back and win at home against another good team is going to kind of propel them into the second half and hopefully have them cruise into a pretty epic showdown with Sagatuck to close the season. Yeah. So. I'm taking Fenville on right. this one. It appears we have two games differently this week, so that's that means good. we really could have had like six last week. Yes, it's just, it's just interesting. But we have now been tied after West Ottawa uh, one last week, and I had picked that correctly. So we are now tied in picks through the first three weeks, which is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. So the next uh, this week we'll put you ahead by two or me ahead by two. That's going to be we'll uh, split them. Could could split we'll two split as well. Yeah. Again. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, love to hear your picks, though. It's all up to those high school kids. Yeah. So uh, comment on our Facebook page on our uh, podcast and let us know what your picks are and uh, see if you can uh, beat any of us in this, in this as well. That's right. We've got a, you know another great week of sports happening this week. And uh, yeah, tune in next week when we recap all of that and see who was wrong, who was right, and uh, you know who's, who's got the bragging rights in this room. <laughs> I like it. Because uh, so, as of right now, we don't. <laughs> and that's the goal. So... Um, Yeah, get out there and watch some sports. And, uh, yeah, tune in next week. We'll have plenty to talk about.